Hello, everyone. Welcome Hello. to Almost 30 Podcast. What's up? If you look at us on YouTube, you... Wow. It's, oh. it's big wow. I, I was like, oh, we're just going to roll with it today with how we're looking. I, I guess appreciate that's how we're going to go. You know? Yeah. You, you get you get all of us when you go to YouTube. I feel mm-hmm. like we have our glam days where I'm like, oh, we're wearing an eyeshadow yes. for sure. And then days like these where, you know, I'm wearing a a brown hoodie, haven't brushed my hair, and we're just rolling. I got these pants. These were a gift from Danielle Pacenti for my birthday. So I like those. I'm breaking them in. And then I have my sweatshirt that I wear every single day. My Mad Happy big sweatshirt. You guys know that sweatshirt that you have. Yes. That you just... You know, it's funny. Justin and I, for our for Christmas, mm-hmm. I got him a big purple sweatshirt. He got me a big purple sweatshirt. Wait, that's so weird. Isn't that weird? I'm like, wow, this is where we're at. I, I have like this weird memory emblazoned in my head that you're like, I don't like purple. I... <laughs> Don't but like I don't know if it. that's true. I forget what I know. I don't know. Justin is a looks good in purple uh, for yeah, some reason. Yeah, totally. I don't know if I I just don't wear purple. Uh-huh. It's not my color. I don't know. I have an aunt that only wears purple. Wow. Yeah, my whole life. I kind of like people that have a thing. I know. I like people with like <laughs> shticks. Yes. Where they're like, I'm Aunt Linda like and car- I always wear purple. A card a cardigan with like purple little like, you know, felt balls on. I love you know that. what I mean? People, you know what to expect. She's not even a teacher. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is me. This is who I am. I'm always wearing purple. Yes. Where it's like, mine changes every single day. But this freaking sweatshirt, it like, it, I don't know if I'm sweating, but my sheets are like purple now. Oh, uh, yeah. It probably dies. Yeah. It comes off a I'm little like, bit. And then my hands get all purple. So it's not technically the best, but <laughs> speaking of in my bed. So I think I talked about this on our call with Kiki our healer last time. But so we work with someone here. Her name's Kiki and she is the opulent witch. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the show. If you, you have know. an episode with her. We have an episode with her. She's incredible. She's a psychic. She's a medium. And she just has deep expertise in the space and really has helped Lindsay and I in the past year with working together for greater protections, like helping with our own awakenings. And she's been really powerful. So last time I was asking her about someone that came to the side of my bed. Do you remember that? Yes. So at our our apartment, I had someone come to the side of our bed, of my bed, or the side of Justin and I's bed on the right. And it was a woman. And I was really confused because I was, um, I had like sleep paralysis because of it. And I was like, Mm. oh, someone's coming in the room. Someone's at the side of my bed. I have sleep paralysis and I can't wake up and I feel really confused. So I was like, okay. And I didn't feel scared really, but I just was like, this doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And so last night or two nights ago, I had it happen again where someone, I woke up in sleep paralysis and I specifically was like, someone's coming in the room. Someone's in the room. Someone's at the side of my bed. And this time when I fell back asleep after the sleep paralysis, I, in my dream, went and cleared our whole apartment and I was like like yelling at the top of my lungs. I'm like, oh. you are not welcome here in my dream. I was like going all over my apartment, kind of clearing our apartment and saying that I didn't want whatever was was coming to me in my dream. And um, it's interesting. So I was talking to Kiki. I'm like, what do you think this is? I was thinking it was something just like a, a spirit that lives in our building or something like that that's kind of just wandering around. But she said it's actually one of my ancestors that's on my mother's side and they want support in healing the mother wound. Oh my God. How hilarious. Wait, that's She's wild. like, they've been drawn to you because you've um, started work on healing this ancestral lineage. And so they want support with, your, with what you've learned and they want to know what you've learned with the process. Whoa. 
And I was like, whoa, that's so crazy. And it feels very true. And so I said, talk to my higher self. I'm not open for business, but you can talk to my higher self. I was like, you have free reign to talk to my higher self if my higher self wants to talk to you. But me in this incarnate, like I'm not available right now. I'm not ready for that per se, even though I think it's going to be coming online more and more. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think more spirits are going to be coming to me over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But isn't that crazy? I was like, wow. oh my gosh, they want me to teach them. Wow. That's so beautiful. I know. I was like, <laughs> listen to my podcast about it. I know. <laughs> I was like, I have great resources. Hey. Do you have YouTube? Is there like spirit YouTube? <laughs> yeah. The two things, the sleep paralysis thing is something that would scare me so much because it happened to me a lot. Mm -hmm. And then recently, and I think it was because of our work with Kiki, and then also the lucid dreaming piece where Mm -hmm. like I just felt a little bit more confident and like I could correct what was happening. And I was like less afraid when it would happen recently. Um, And I don't know what I was speaking to, but I was like speaking to something Mm -hmm. where it's like whatever is causing this because I didn't feel anything thing nearby, but I also don't know if I can tune into that yet. And it was helpful. I definitely fell back asleep, but it was just so, it's such a bizarre, scary It's so bizarre. It's so weird. It's kind of similar to what I felt when we did ayahuasca and I was, I literally was like paralyzed in my own body. Mm. And so like, you can kind of like, you can see everything that I could see everything that's going on in my room. Like I could kind of see what's going out on the street, but it's like this my physical body could not mm-hmm. move. It was it was very bizarre, but... Yeah, that's in my meditations. I'm trying to astral travel. So I'm trying to ha- like have the experience of my soul actually leaving my body and astral travel so that when I have sleep paralysis, I'm comfortable with like the detachment of yeah. my soul from yeah. my body. So I'm not fighting it so much. Totally. Um, and then I just leave Earth. <laughs> but yeah, it's a crazy experience. It's like, I feel just thankful that I'm not scared of anything anymore. Yeah. Like that Mm -hmm. stuff used to scare the shit out of me. Like I used to be so scared all the time, but now I'm just like totally fine, totally comfortable with whatever. I used to not be able to like sleep alone. Like I hated sleeping alone Yeah, for so long. The mother wound thing is really interesting too. I feel like it's like, I had a a conversation with my Nana the other day and I was like, whoa, is because we talked about the mother wound, like all this stuff. I won't go into detail right now, but it was like, Oh, wow. Like, it's almost like, and you even said it a while ago, this is going to be big. This is going to be huge. that thing that people are, so many light bulbs are going to go off. And I definitely don't think my Nana listened to the episode, but I think just energetically opening that door and that that exploration of the mother wound, I think is activating something in the family. But I'm like, whoa, this is very interesting. Yeah, it has a ripple effect that you don't even really realize. Yes. And- that's what I was realizing when my one of my ancestors came to me. I was like, oh, they're a little lost too. And they're not really sure of how to do this. And I'm like, I don't really know how. And I also don't, what's that experience like? Like if I'm like, hello. Yeah. What, you know, yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. I've got a great book for you to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't even know how this really works. So I'm interested to kind of explore it maybe eventually where I'm like communicating with with spirits in that way or like my ancestors in that way. But yeah, I don't really, do we talk like yourself? I don't know. I know. Maybe it's like through, I don't know. I'm sure Kiki could help you, but yeah. maybe it's like through prayer, through meditation. Yeah. You know, maybe it's altar vibes. Yeah. You know. I got to trust it too. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. what kind of. Oh, I know. What you I mean. always think I'm like, are you like disguised? Maybe it's that, uh, that, um, 
Who came through when we were hanging out with? My grandma. Yeah, your grandma. My mom's mom yeah. always comes through, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. She's like, literally, we, we like hang. hated each other in this life. <laughs> but now we like, now we love each other. <laughs> now we love each other that she's like moved beyond. Yes. She had the, she waved the uh, surrender flag or what you do, oh, the white yeah, flag. yeah, the white flag. She was waving the white flag, That's which hilarious. is so cute. That's sweet. So sweet. But yeah, it was, it was very interesting. It was, yeah, I think more stuff. I think too, if if I ever end up leaving LA, we'll definitely be coming online more because mm. it's so hard. That's what Kiki was saying too. She's like, <laughs> oh, I agree. She said aliens too. She's like, whenever you're in Joshua Tree, they love that you're in Joshua Tree and they want you to try and connect because they have a really hard time in LA because the grids are so dense. It's so incredibly dense. So yes. yeah, it was just very interesting. I but. feel like there's a big fucking cloud over LA Huge. in that way. Oh my gosh. I'm like, they don't even, they don't even bother. Lost an- <laughs> Lost, the city of lost angels, mm-hmm. truly. Um, but I'm excited about this one. I think Me you guys are, are really going to love it. I feel really proud of it. And it's something that's very near and dear to my heart. It's about the feeling of isolation and mm-hmm. being lonely on your spiritual path. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm so glad you did this one. I feel like we've just been shown, whether it's through the membership or even through like the new paradigm series that we did last year, I was like, wow, you know, the power of having some sort of connection and community when you're on this path is so helpful. Like it's just, it activates a whole other part of the self that just kind of shows up for, you know, the work at hand, whatever that looks like. But yeah, it can be freaking lonely. Mm -hmm. Like this... This stuff still is, you know, kind of quote weird and woo woo, and there's a lot of skeptic skepticism around it. But yeah, I think that. Why are you guys skeptical about my grandma coming to my bedside <laughs> trying to learn how to heal the mother roots? <laughs> how could you ever be skeptical? Like this freak on to the next yes. one. Um, but I also think skepticism is a form of like protection. Yeah, you know, it's like. Yeah. Anytime I've been skeptical in my life, it's because I really, I know that I need to go there and I don't mm-hmm. want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That resistance is like sort of paired mm-hmm. with skepticism too. And I think all us spiritual seekers and and people that um, see ourselves as maybe a little different, maybe we're starseeds, maybe we don't know exactly where we're from, but we've always felt like we were interested in different things or just didn't fully connect with everyone in the way that we thought everyone was. I think can really relate to this. And and most of my life, I felt that way. You know, most of my life, I felt like I was a little bit different than everyone. I was interested in different things. There was time when I was interested in the same things. There was time when I was interested in different, but I always felt like my path was a little bit different than other people's. And I did feel very lonely at times. I did feel like I was the only one that, you know, just wanted to talk about the things I wanted to talk about or really moved in the world the way that I did. And for so many people in 2020 that potentially had an awakening. I think we've had a collective awakening Mm -hmm. for sure, but a lot of people went through their own spiritual transformation and awakening. It can be really lonely when you realize how distorted (laughs) this existence is Mm -hmm. and how much of this reality is truly an illusion and all the places that seemed to feel safe at one point don't and all the structures that we seemed to believe and trust, you can no longer trust. And all the figures that we looked up to, you Mm -hmm. can no longer trust. I mean, there's a lot of shedding and there's a lot of collapsing of systems and structures and ways that we existed on earth. So that can feel really lonely when you don't know who to trust. Yeah. And I think the there is that period of time where it feels incredibly lonely because we've yet to 
um, kind of come back to ourselves. So we're still kind of seeking outside and we're like, oh, we can't trust that one. And we can't, you know, all the things that you just described. But then when we realize that, you know, we can one, trust ourselves, but that also that we are a source of just all that is, you know, and it's, it isn't that lonely when you think of it that way. I think it's hard for us to wrap our heads around at times, but for me, it's brought me so much comfort, especially just like, and we've been talking about it more on the podcast, just our relationship with God and just how, how like not alone I feel when, when I'm, I'm praying and I'm just feeling like, oh, I'm, totally supported. And so are all of you. You know, I just feel less like I got to do this on my own, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the thing is like you realize you can't rely on the government. You realize Mm -hmm. you can't rely on the media. You realize you can't rely on your favorite celebrity. You realize you can't rely on, you know, just tons of these these places. And you kind of have to come back to yourself in the end and you kind of have to only have the one place where you rely on that source. Mm -hmm. You know, that's your the source of all. And so- I think that was part of it where I wish I would have known that earlier. So I would have felt less alone because a lot of the loneliness too is um, you're lonely because you live in relation to other. So who am I if this person I trusted is no longer trustworthy? Who am I if this belief system I used to believe is no longer, you know, Mm -hmm. in alignment? Who am I if this political party isn't in alignment with me anymore or anything? And that's when we're sort of making who we are in relation to other things. And that's really ego-based rather than like soul or self with a capital S based. And so a lot of it is that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my hope and intention for this is for people to, of course, feel less alone in their journey. And then also to just inspire them that this time is, for the most part, temporary. You know, I found that once I've um, come more into myself and once I've more so became me than ever before. I found a beautiful aligned community. So I think if we're looking at it from like the 3D, 5D lens, if you are moving from 3D to 5D, like there's going to be that gap period where that you're like, okay, kind of a little bit wobbly, a little bit shaky, you feel a little naked, you've lost some friends, maybe you've lost some family members, maybe you've lost um, an identity that you used to have. Uh, But once you get to that next place, you will find this beautiful support system and this beautiful alignment to who you are that feels better than anything ever else could. Truly. And I I know that if you're listening, then you know that Almost 30 is like a support system, you know? So if you feel like, you know, you're in your town or city and you feel like the only one and like you're, you know, exploring things and curious about things that no one else is or your friends and family don't understand or you just feel so different... Um, I'm just really happy that you found us and the show and just anything that we offer to support you in this because what we've seen just over and over and over is people, yeah, just surprised that there are other people like them on this path. So, you know, even though we do things mostly virtually and connect in that way, it's profound. Yeah. And the membership's been, you know, something that I think has been super supportive for people that feel like they're alone on their spiritual path. So that'll be opening up for enrollment later in the year. We're going to have enrollment open in July for that. So if you guys are interested, um, we'll be opening up enrollment for a very short time for our lovely membership of just amazing, amazing beings. 
Um, but for this one, just share with a friend. So if you know that you've had a conversation with someone that has felt this way, if you've sort of commiserated or spoken to others that feel like they're alone on their spiritual path, definitely share this with a friend and then also subscribe. And if you feel called, write a kind review. Um, those really help the show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of Almost 30 Nation. Visit our website, almost30.com. It's gorgeous. It's new. I'm excited for you guys to explore it. We have our courses and programs. We have resources for you. You can get to know Krista and I a little bit better. And then any podcasters out there who are wanting to launch, grow, or monetize their podcast, we have Podcast Pro. This is your hub for all things podcasting. And we're excited. We are offering one-on-one coaching now, a couple slots per month. So if you're wanting to go deeper beyond the programs that we have, the downloadables, et cetera, we have that now as well. This one has been such a long time coming. And I'm really excited to do it with you because it has been a topic that has been percolating in the collective and in the community for a while. And something that I felt called to talk about for quite some time, but I didn't really feel like I was completely on the other side of it or really saw my understanding of it that I, that I have now or the same understanding of it that I have now. And now I feel like I feel so good about it. I feel so in my power about it. And I feel like I can see why I felt so lonely on my spiritual path. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about today is loneliness on your spiritual path. The feeling of feeling alone feeling different, feeling like the black sheep, feeling like no one understands you, no one gets you, no one's like you, no one's interested in the same things and feeling like you're just different and different in a way that you know in your heart and soul is the right thing. But from a societal perspective and even from you know the programming that we have in our brains, it doesn't feel safe from an evolutionary perspective to feel alone. We don't feel like it's going to be something that's going to benefit us. We don't really understand it because we are such a tribe-based culture. We are such a culture of relationships and a culture of community, which has actually been a really beautiful part of, of being a human on this earth is being in community. But when we feel like we are separated from, it feels unsafe. It can feel lonely. It can feel scary. And a lot of times it can feel like you're doing something bad. And I think that was my experience through my spiritual evolution and my spiritual awakening and my process to becoming more and more conscious and really awakening in my life was feeling like this was something bad almost, that I was doing something wrong. I was um, different and it wasn't a good thing. I was um, causing problems for people. Like I was being the catalyst and I didn't really know how to work with that catalyst energy. And so I've spent most of my life feeling like, my gosh, this loneliness or this evolving from my friends or or leaving friendships or leaving relationships and feeling like, oh my gosh, I've evolved and I've I've left another person behind. The feeling of leaving people behind is something I, I very much relate to. And I think when we disconnect from our old reality in our awakening, and you know, just to note that your awakening is the point. So that's why we're here. From the law of one perspective, when we come to earth, when our soul comes to earth to the three dimension to the third dimension, we choose to forget. We go through what is called the veil of forgetting and the law of forgetting. And you choose to forget. So you choose to forget that you are God. You choose to forget that you are this beautiful, infinite spiritual soul 
and you choose to incarnate. And the goal is to try and remember. The goal is remembering. And Law of One talks quite a bit about this ascension process and quite a bit about forgetting, which is very, very important. But when we're in the process of our awakening or we've had a very abrupt awakening, it can feel very scary um, to feel disconnected from our old reality. And I really do believe, and I think this was my experience, that there is a period in between when you awaken and sort of when you settle into, maybe it's moving from 3rd to 5D, could potentially be it. But I really feel like there's this in-between period that feels very lonely. It feels very uncomfortable. And a lot of that has to do with our ego's desire to not be alone, to not sit in that, to not really be one with ourselves and to not be quiet with ourselves which I can talk about a little bit later, but just so you know that you are not alone. You are not alone in feeling alone. It is okay to feel alone. It is okay to grow out of friendships. It is okay to grow out of romantic relationships. It is okay to grow out of your family relationship into another paradigm of what that is or into another understanding of what that is. And I want you guys to really feel empowered in this and really in deep knowance that this is what it feels like to be on your path. That this is what it feels like to be on your path. That when you feel alone, you're never alone because you're always supported and you always have your spirit team and you always have yourself. But this is part of the journey. And it is part of our journey to really feel this all the way as we move and as we ascend. So just for background, so you know, my process of my awakening has been fairly gradual. I would say that even when I was very young, I was thinking differently. I used to write letters to aliens when I was in grade school. And I always used to uh, talk about, as an example, you know, people playing the tape. When I was very little, I would talk about people playing the tape. I'd be like, oh, they're playing the tape. They're playing the tape. She's playing the tape. And what I was talking about was people going unconscious. I would always note when people were going unconscious and going into the same old story or the same old conversation by saying they were playing the tape. And my parents didn't really know what to do with it, but I knew what I was talking about where I would see people in moments of awakeness and then moments of sleep, spiritual sleep, where we're talking about, hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Yep, okay. The small talk. The small talk was like the definition for me when I was in high school. I was like, I hate small talk. And I hated it because it felt unconscious to me. So I always had this aversion in my life to when things felt too unconscious, when I felt like I was on the edge of, of being asleep or when I felt like people around me were playing the tape or playing the part or in their stories. And most of my life has felt like, you know, just sort of navigating these terrains and these waters where people have are deeply asleep and feeling uncomfortable with it. A lot of the reason why I stopped drinking, so I stopped drinking from around 25 to 230 was because I realized how deeply asleep people were when they were drinking. From my perspective, it felt like people were in, they were zombies. You know, I felt like, okay, so I get so wasted that the next day, you know, that the night is, I don't even know where the night goes. So I get so wasted and then I wake up the next morning and it's like, whoa, what just happened? I don't even really know. And that deep sleep that I felt like I was going into where I was essentially time traveling felt really uncomfortable. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to feeling different, to feeling like you know your interests are different than everyone else's. You see things differently than everyone else's, than everyone else does. You feel like you understand the patterns of life. You feel like 
being in situations where people are deeply unconscious is really hard. And I think a lot of that can happen with friends. A lot of that can happen with work and a lot of that can happen with home. And I can relate to all of those situations. You know, at home, it felt, it was exhausting to be around such deeply unconscious people. And I'm sure I was for so long. I mean, I was just really trying to figure life out. And I've definitely had my periods of deep unconsciousness. And then I've had my moments of being awake as I think everyone has. And I've also had, you know, relationships with people and friends that I've evolved beyond or evolved into another timeline where people just weren't really on the journey of a deep dedication to their spiritual evolution as I was. And I felt so bad. I was like, oh my gosh, do I have to keep leaving everyone behind? Like I felt so ashamed. I'm like, oh man, is this what this means? This spiritual journey? Does it mean I'm always alone? Does it mean that I'm always by myself? And it, it really hurts at times where you're like, oh my God, I must be doing something wrong because I'm triggering people. I'm making people angry and I'm not even trying to. I am shaking things up. I am leaving friends behind. I'm being, you know, it, it just, it can be really sad, but just know that it is all a part of the plan and it is all part of the purpose and your ascension and your evolution is number one and your relationship to source is number one. And I think what would have served me greatly and that is something that is serving me now is my relationship to God or my relationship to source. And I feel like if I would have had that more deeply, more intimately in the way that I do where I name it, I would have been much better suited. I also receive a lot of DMs from our community of people that are awakening, uh, people that are going through their awakening, especially in 2020. I mean, so many of you really had your moment. I think as a collective, we've had profound awakenings that I'm hopeful will be transformational for the way that we operate moving forward. But I know a lot of you were going through deep awakenings and I remember the messages you sent. I'll never forget them. You know, just feeling like you, it's almost felt like a grasping feeling where you were like, what is real? What is real about this existence? What is real about this life? There is so much being fed at me. There's so much confusion, all of these things. And I can relate and I understand. And in those moments, I always just want to provide people space to let them know they're not alone, but also have them go through their own process because I don't want to be anyone's guru or give them any answers because you might come to another answer than what, you know, than what I, I came to. And so the truth of our evolution is that it is not all roses. It's not all fun. It's not all games. And my friend Debbie Brown and I were laughing this weekend. We were at the beach and we were laughing because we were talking about uh, spirituality in the wellness space. And we were talking about how hard it is sometimes to sort of be in the space and see where people come in and they're like, this is amazing. It feels so good to do self-care. It feels so good to meditate. It feels so good to do all these things. And that is true. That is so freaking true. It feels so good to connect with yourself for the first time ever. But we know the process of, of going to the shadow side and how we really kind of move along. You're like, yes, spirituality is dope. Wellness is dope. Get ready for the next chapter of that. And that is the shadow work. And that's when it really gets hard. And that's when it really becomes what it is. So when we start our awakening, it's challenging, but just know that, and this is something I really had to lean into. And this was something I was talking to my um, spirit guides about is that there's no going back. So you're not, you can definitely fall, we can always fall back asleep. We can very much always fall back asleep. But when we really start this and as supported as we are now in 
our conscious evolution by astrology, by the amount of light coming to the planet, by um, what is happening on earth and how unprecedented it is, that it's really hard to go back. So I think a lot of times what happens with relationships, friendships, romantic ones, is that we believe that this is permanent. And we're like, you're my best friend forever. Remember when you're in high school and you're like, you're going to be in my wedding party and you like literally never talk to her after 10th grade or in college, like all of you guys in my house are going to be in my wedding party. Or if you were working at a job outside of school, you were like, all the, my friends, like I had served at so many jobs. Like all you guys are my wedding party. Everything, blah, blah. You have this idea of permanence that where I am right now, what I'm experiencing right now is permanent. And as you get older, it's really beautiful because you loosen the grip on the idea of permanence, which is incredible. It's one of the best parts of getting older. But in doing that, in really letting go of permanence, you really shift how you are with yourself. And once you shift how you are with yourself and your ability to let go of permanence or perceived permanence, you're able to shift how you are with everyone else. So once you are really in the place of changing who you are and changing, raising your vibration, being mindful of your boundaries, being more heart-centered, being who you are, you will have people distance themselves from you, get angry with you, um, or just figure these or find these places and lacks of harmony in your life, even though you're not doing anything wrong. So nothing is wrong with things changing. Nothing is wrong with some bumps on your spiritual path. It is truly just a fact of life and you guys are not alone. And as our spiritual journeys really continue and we become more comfortable with our own beliefs and less concerned with our friends and how our family view us in the awakening, this is where the ego becomes separated from the self and then we dissolve fear with love. So when I talk about the period in between, a lot of what's happening is that we are separating the ego from the self. We are realizing the unity within the universe, unity consciousness, which is a big principle of the law of one teachings. Once we are separating the ego from the self, when you realize like, oh, this identity is not me, this perception or this the Krista Williams that is on the podcast, that is actually not me. My soul is eternal. That is sort of my ego self. This is my soul talking right now, but there's also the ego self at play. When you are able to separate the self from the ego self and you are able to dissolve all the fear that you have of being left behind, of being abandoned, of being different, of being a catalyst, all these things, when that is dissolved by love, that is really when you can come to this beautiful vibration. And that's sort of when you can recreate your community or your friends from this new place, from this newly found, beautiful, beautiful space. And saying from experience, like owning this right now with you, that I have created that and my the reflections that I have in my life of friends are the most beautiful, powerful, supportive things. And I never thought it was possible. And what happens with people is people that have begun their spiritual journey are confronting all of the issues, which we've talked about here, which is the loneliness, which is feeling like an outcast, which is feeling scared, feeling like you know, you're doing something wrong, feeling of abandonment. So it creates that cognitive dissonance. So that cognitive dissonance occurs when you get an uncomfortable feeling caused by holding conflicting ideas simultaneously. So we're really holding these two ideas in our head where we're like, you know, this spiritual awakening feels so right. It feels so good to feel supported by the divine. It feels so good to be creating boundaries. Um, it feels so good to be 
you know, spending time in nature. It feels so good to know who I am and not abandon myself. But then we have the conflicting ideas where we have a relationship potentially that this person doesn't like when we're not abandoning ourselves. They're not getting their hit from you like they were before when you continued to abandon yourself in the relationship. So that's a cognitive dissonance where you're like, oh, this person's mad at me, but I feel so good. This kind of feels, there's two things happening and I'm not sure which is which. And as we move through your awakening and you really realize and you sort of sort through all these cognitive dissonances on all these situations that happen and you really continue to stand in your truth and stand in who you are and and what you know to be true, you can sort of um, taper those experiences. And this transition period that many of us has gone through where our beliefs have changed, yet we're unsure about relating to these new ideas to our friends and family due to rejection. So we feel scared that this is actually a perfect example for me. So when I came to read Law of One last year, at the beginning of last year, my belief and understanding of spirituality and of good and bad, of duality was completely different. So I came into the situation believing that bad is bad. Bad is something we want to eradicate from the earth. Bad is something that is led by the dark. It is led by Satan. It is led by the devil. And that is a lot my Catholic upbringing. I had this idea. I'm like, oh, this is, this is hell and there's heaven. So there's heaven and there's hell. One is good, one is bad. And then that the light was like what we wanted to strive for. We wanted to be fully light. We wanted to be fully embodied in our light body. But after reading Law of One, I came to understand and realize that all of these experiences, whether good or bad, are meant to serve our evolution. And that the way that our souls evolve is by contrast. And there was a point in time actually on earth per the law of one, many, 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 many moons ago, maybe when the moon wasn't even the moon, earth existed and actually was the perfect utopia. It was actually utopia. And this utopia did not provide enough of a catalyst for souls to ascend. So they had to bring more of the dark. They had to bring more of the contrast. Because essentially there was so much peace and harmony. There was love. Everyone was like getting along. Everyone was having sex. It was amazing. It was this beautiful, bountiful earth. But people weren't evolving because there was no reason. There was no, there was no darkness to understand the light. And so this darkness had to be brought to the earth for us to have this contrast, for us to have these deep transformational experiences. And I'm sure a lot of you can think about these transformational experiences in your life that have been so dark and hard that have really made you realize how powerful you are, how strong you are, how much love you have in your life, how, um, you know, you're, the truth of you. And so going through this understanding of, okay, there's really no good and bad from God's perspective. All is God. All is God, just as I am God. I had to really refigure a lot of the way I operated in my life where I couldn't really deem things. I couldn't, con- where I couldn't condemn things. I didn't want to condemn things in the way that I did previously. Or I was like, oh, that's dark or that's negative. And the way that I felt like I was operating within relationships or even with you guys on the podcast had to be shifted because my beliefs around what was good and what was deemed as God changed. And so I needed to really figure out how to relate to these new ideas before sort of expressing them. So I'm sure you guys have probably had situations where you think differently about the universe. You think differently about God. You think differently about religion. You think differently about crystals. You think differently about um, plant medicine. There's a lot of different ways in which we come to new relationships with these ideals. And we have a dissonance because we are we have conflicting ideas and we're actually f- afraid of fear and rejection. And we're afraid of, of fear and rejection a lot of times from 
relationships with our family and relationships with friends. And, you know, moving into talking about relationships and friends and especially feeling lonely on our spiritual path in relationship to friends. This is something I think that has been one of the biggest lessons for me where even if I am moving out of relationship or I'm evolving beyond friends, where I'm sort of continuing on this learning, I'm leaning more into my spiritual journey and my spiritual path, whatever that means for me, that I'm losing relationships with people. And one of the temptations of mine that I have to continuously fight is the urge to modify myself or to dim my light to make relationships more comfortable so that I don't lose them. And all of this does is slow down my progress towards higher levels of consciousness and authenticity. So we did a full episode on this. It's called How to Not Abandon Yourself. And this is something that I continue to work on today where in my life, because I felt so different, because I was different, and I'm going to just say that straight up, I was different. I felt the need to continuously modify myself or dim my light. So dimming my light was always making self-deprecating jokes, always completely leaving myself in the situation to make the whole conversation about someone else, to make someone else feel better, to fully focus on them, to fully serve them, to fully service whatever they were going through, to um, only talk about things that were going on that were negative for me because I felt like it would make them feel better and so many different things. So this is the temptation that I have that really doesn't serve my evolution at all and doesn't really serve the other person as much as we would think it. So I had the urge to help others, my perceived in quotes, help others to save them or be responsible for their awakening. So I had the urge to help them, which I thought was to dim my light. And then I also had the urge to be responsible for their awakening. And I think a lot of you guys can relate to that where um, you feel like it's heartbreaking to see your family or to see friends not evolve or not consciously grow or not see you know, how their life is reflecting back to them in a way that is supportive of them rather than in a way that is um, damaging to them. And I had this deeply with my mom. You know, I, I really was someone that wanted her to evolve, wanted her to wake up, wanted her to see how much better life could be if she was an active participant to it. And I had to really let this go. And I think this is something I've, I've learned to let go over the years where I am on my path deeply. You know, even when I was plant-based, I'm plant-based still, I've been plant-based for like, 10 years probably, you know, it's not my responsibility. It's not, it's none of my business to like push my awakening on them to force them to be in align with how I'm awakening, when I'm awakening, what it looks like, what it feels like. And the best way to um, have anyone change in quotes in your life is to demonstrate whatever it is that you want them to go through yourself. And this is the same thing, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world, but it's very true. And most people don't pos- don't see the possibility of change until they re- reach a crisis. So a lot of times the universe will give us small little whispers. It might give us small pebbles, but if we don't listen, then it'll give us a boulder. And the greatest change or the greatest demonstration of, of evolution or of growth or of um, being dedicated to the spiritual path is really showing how others showing others how to do it by being it ourselves. Be the living example. And with this, you have to be very unattached to how people think. And I think for me personally, 
the way that I was raised and how neglected I felt and how misunderstood I felt and how different I felt actually really provided me this beautiful foundation of this sacred rebel, this sacred rebel role that I play where I have been unattached to what people think of me from a very young age. And this does not mean that I do not go in phases of being deeply attached to what people think of me. But each time I have been attached to what people think of me, it is because that is reflecting a small shadow aspect of me that I need to integrate. So if someone's saying to me, you know, Krista, I think you're a bad person. I can truly, because I've done a lot of work on the word bad and feeling bad, feeling like I'm a bad person, know that I am not and I will not be triggered by it. And therefore the, the lesson will not show up for me. So a part of this spiritual journey and process, and especially in relationship, is to be unattached to how people think. And in a world with social media where our, the relationship to us and how people think is numerically based, it's getting harder and harder. But doing the work around unattachment to what people think and their projections of you is super, super important. And you can also keep in mind that there's social contracts between people that can be consciously shifted. And you're going to want to both do that work. So, you know, if there is a situation where you're in a deep relationship with someone and you're not feeling like they're committed to their growth in a way that serves them, so outside of you, you know, we always need to remember that their growth needs to serve them more than it needs to serve you. You can adjust or consciously shift these social contracts, but, or these, um, yeah, these social contracts, but it needs to be really mindful and you both need to be in the journey. And when we're on the spiritual journey, you cannot hide everything. So everything will eventually come out. Everything will come to light in its own beautiful time for you to heal it. And again, that's all part of the process. And again, when we go on this journey, when you guys really prioritize yourself and prioritize your awakening, you will lose relationships. There's a period in between when we're sort of readjusting, we're recalibrating, we're resetting. Those will come back in twofold to be beautiful relationships that serve you, but there will be a period in time where you lose people. And one of the things that I think is really important that I've been thinking about a lot lately is how we make relationships our religion in a lot of ways. And we ask our friends to be everything for us. We ask them to be our support, our ear, our judgment, our discernment, our decision-making. We ask our romantic partner to be everything. We ask people in our lives to be everything for us. We outsource our intuition all the time. (laughs) This is coming from someone that outsources my intuition or used to quite a bit. I was someone, I mean, I I am, in some ways I very much rely on my friends when I want their opinion because now I have friends that I deeply value their opinion. But I used to be like asking for advice all the time from people. I used to outsource my intuition to people all the time. And These relationships, whether we're outsourcing our intuition to them or we're outsourcing our confidence to them or we're outsourcing our our lives to them where we're having them dictate our lives and how we, we show up in our lives, they cannot withstand that sort of pressure. And I think when we come back to the pressure that we put on the relationships and realizing that these relationships are not religion, that it is something to serve you during a time and space. It is very meaningful. It is what you make it. It is how much work you put into it, but it is not something that is supposed to like be the end all be all. And I think when I was younger, I wish I would have relied more on spirit 
And I think I was, I was telling this earlier, but when I realize now whether I'm having an issue with my body that day, or I'm having an issue with the mother wound that day, or I'm having an issue with my relationship, I've realized that I feel so much pressure and I feel so heartbroken and I feel so scared and I feel so alone that I'll lean on friends when really I need to lean on spirit and I need to lean on source because that is the only infinite source for us. And that is the only source for truth. But what happens is that requires us to get quiet. That requires us to get alone. And the ego loves to be busy. The ego loves to be around people. The ego loves to reach out to people and ask for advice and outsource our intuition. So we're always sort of working with this egoic choice versus the spirit soul choice. And with this, I think it's really beautiful for us as we move along our conscious evolution together that we befriend things like our body and our mind. We befriend things like nature. (laughs) We befriend our ritual. We befriend our self-care routine. We befriend our animals like my cats. We befriend these beautiful non-human, in quotes, things. So we're like, oh my God, what if my body became this friend for me? What if when I'm feeling lonely on this spiritual journey that I befriended my mind, that I learned more about my mind, how it works, why it brings up the same things, why I'm constantly have that one song on loop? What if I really befriended my body? You know, these things that are truly with us our entire lives that are so dedicated to us, that are in service to us. What other things can we think about befriending in this lonely period? Is it your process? Is it your ritual? Is it your yoga practice? Is it um, you know, your morning walk? Is it your meditation? And how can we sort of take the pressure off of all of these relationships where we're like, oh, we're, I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling like you know, no one is here to support me in this evolution. And I feel like I'm the only person that thinks this way. What if we can really take that pressure off and befriend things that are less human and more like living relationships? So some of your friendships might not be ones with living living people. They could be living relationships, but just not with living people. That could really serve you. And you know what? Your animals, like my cats, they're always there for me. I tell you what, literally always there for me. And something else as it relates to friends that I've been thinking about quite a bit is how in our society and culture, we are very quick to call people our friends. And the reason why I think this is interesting, I don't, I don't want to say problematic, but the reason why I sort of side eye how quickly we call everyone friends is because when we're calling everyone friends, we're like, you meet someone one time at an event. You're like, oh, I had a great conversation with them. They're my friend. And then, you know, this person turns on you or this person doesn't reply to you or, you know, they block you on social media or just whatever happens. Or maybe you even hang out with them a few times. And then, you know, you realize they talk really bad about people and they gossip and you're like, oh, I actually don't want a relationship with this person because they feel toxic to me but you've already defined them as a friend in your head. So then you're sort of going through this friendship breakup with someone that actually wasn't really your friend. And I think it's the thing with social media where it's like Facebook friends, you know, you become Facebook friends, your Instagram followers, blah, 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 blah. And all these different ways in which social media sort of brings us further away from having true, 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 meaningful friendships. And I realized, you know, as an example with Lindsay, like this past year, I was like, oh, wow, I've never had a true best friend that I could fucking go there with. 
And the way that Lindsay and I have gone there and the way that we have continued to lean in, even when we want to contract and the dark that we've seen, the shadow that we've seen and the way that we've really always leaned in and returned to love and how much we've been through and how much true, genuine trust is there and how much we don't abandon ourselves together. I'm like, oh, wow, this is a true fucking friendship. And I've had the best friendships in my life. I've had really meaningful friendships, but it is really hard to get to a place where you fully can be seen. You fully trust someone. You really spent, want to spend time with someone. You really, you know, value them. And the important thing is, is this person is committed to your growth. They are committed to you getting wiser. So they're committed to your evolution. So you can have people that are acquaintances or buddies that, you know, you see at events, you enjoy talking to, you see out with friends, maybe they're in your, your circle and you enjoy talking to them and you enjoy their presence. But there's a difference between that and someone that is deeply committed to your growth and that you actually have a relationship with so that there is the expectation that, hey, you're going to be there for me when I really need it and I'm going to be there for you. I had relationships with people where there's two people I can think of where I had deep gray area. One expected more from me and the other I expected more from. And, you know, we had this situation where we really weren't clear about what friendship was to us that I needed to show up as my authentic self. I needed to um, be supported in this way. They needed to show up this way. They needed to be supported in this way. So because of this gray area, we had different needs and wants and we had different expectations in the relationship. And one was a buddy and the other, I realize, is just a buddy. It's just an acquaintance. Both of them are just acquaintances because we have different friendship expectations. And they both were not committed to my overall growth and evolution, which is number one for me. That is number one for me. And you need to be committed to my, my soul's evolution, my soul's journey. And so it's been helpful to be more clear about who is just an acquaintance of someone that I can deeply love. It doesn't mean I don't love them or have love for them or have judgment for them, but they're not committed to my growth and evolution. And there's not this deep relationship expectation where I always know that I can count on them. And so this year I did a clean sweep where I have a Google document. This is kind of psychotic, but whatever. Clarity is kind. Okay, I had a Google document where I listed out uh, the deep and meaningful friendships that I was going to invest in this year and that I have an expectation of and that they should have an expectation of me. These are the people that I have clarity around our accountability to each other. I am not accountable to anyone but God, but with these people, I have a deep relationship with. They know what to expect from me. I know what to expect from them. And I made this very clear with them. We've made it very clear with each other. And this sounds not fun, but it's actually really dope and it's actually really fun. And then the other people are more so acquaintances who I can really love, I can appreciate, I can hang out with, but there's no expectation of anything beyond sort of the service to the moment, the service to the conversation, the service to the beauty of the moment rather than you know this deep relationship where we're sort of bringing up each other's shadows, et cetera. And as we, you know, as you guys sort of move beyond friends and as you guys evolve, and you may be evolved beyond your family even. And I think family is a really deep one. We have to always remember that, you know, there's something really beautiful that happens from a physics perspective when we think of quantum physics um, called entrainment. 
And this is what happens when we are vibrating at that super high, beautiful, clear rate. And then others will slowly move their vibration up to you because you are the leader. You are the leader of the vibration in that, in that way. So it's when the vibrational object, what the vibrational frequency of two objects in contact will frequently fall into sync. So when the frequencies are the same, it's called resonance. So when you have two frequencies that are the same, it's resonance. So this is what was happening is you were probably vibrating in resonance with your family. But as you started to, as you started to ascend, as you started to let more light into your light body, and as you started to vibrate higher, um, you had a stronger resonance. So when a vibrational body of a stronger resonance influences another in its field, like leading the beat in a way, it's called entrainment. So really you are leading the way for so many. And I've had to do a lot of healing around this, healing around being the catalyst. I have been a catalyst in so many people's lives. And I'm saying that, and it sounds like it's from ego, but it's true. And it hurt, a lot of it hurt, but because it's not, it's uncomfortable. You know, for people to be faced with themselves, it's uncomfortable. And I've had catalysts in my life. But being the person that's the vibrational frequency that has the stronger resonance that influences people is hard. But it's also really, really beautiful as you lead the beat and as you sort of have this quantum physics knowledge behind us of entrainment, knowing that you're supporting people by being in the highest vibrational frequency. So you don't want to drop to their level of suffering because they're using people and conditions in their life to reaffirm their addiction to suffering. People have an addiction to guilt and addiction to suffering. And so when you are falling to their level, when you're lowering your vibrational frequency to their level, you are essentially reaffirming their addiction to suffering, whatever their suffering may be. And when you are vibrating at a higher frequency and you have boundaries and you're being clear, if they are no longer using you for their addiction, then they have a choice. They have a choice to awaken, they have a choice to ascend, or they have a choice for you guys to move on from each other and they will stay in their addiction to suffering or guilt. This is very, very, very common. And I think I can do another full episode on on sort of how that shows up in people's lives. But as a reminder, you know, and this is something that we all have to think about is that the ego does not like being alone. So there's a reason why we feel uncomfortable with the loneliness when we're like, oh my gosh, lonely. I feel lonely on my spiritual path. It feels wrong. It feels weird. You know, I thought this would be like fun and amazing. And I thought it would be like everyone's yoga retreat I see on Instagram. The ego does not like being alone and it doesn't like to be in solitude. It craves distraction and entertainment, noise, doing this. And being alone can trigger all kinds of ego responses, such as feeling sorry for yourself, feeling angry, feeling abandoned, and so on. So we can think about what has this triggered for us? Do we feel lonely? Do we feel abandoned? Do we feel sorry for ourselves? And always work with that because that's the ego. Sometimes we think when we're lonely in this path, like, oh my gosh, I'm being punished. God is punishing me. I'm doing something wrong. And you feel really hindered by your ability to show up on the world because you feel so lonely. But it's really what the ego is feeling. And the ego has such a resistance to loneliness on the spiritual path. But once you have the awareness needed to see the blessing in it, you really can use the time of solitude constructively. And that's when things shift for the better. And as you grow and evolve, you begin to make the very best of where you are. So for me, it's been really hard to be alone. I'm someone that's always around people. I have been my entire life. I'm very much a people person. I am obsessed with humans. I love learning. I love 
seeing people in their process. I just love people. And so it's actually been um, something I've really come to realization is how much I resist my aloneness in my spiritual path and how much further along I would be now today if I sort of um, was better about being alone because my ego craves company while my spirit wants to connect in solitude. So God, source, spirit, universe wants to connect with me when I'm alone. Yes, it will drop me some bombs when I'm out with people, when I'm with friends, I'll definitely hear the voice. But oh baby, if you guys have ever connected with source and solitude, that's when shit really happens. And that's when stuff really, really can propel us you know, to the next level of our growth and evolution. And the path of our spiritual evolution is a path of loneliness because it's a path that cannot be followed. Your path is so different than anyone else's. It doesn't look like anyone else's. It doesn't feel like anyone else's. And that can make it feel even more lonely, but it's one that cannot be followed. So we cannot look at other people's paths and see it as the way because we all have our own ways. And very few people go all the way in this journey. But for those that go through it all and you know eventually follow their path are the ones that become free. And being free, there's really nothing like it. In this process, you will have to be willing to give up illusion and attachments. So sometimes there's times of severe hellish turmoil and turbulence. It can feel really uncomfortable. And really it's about acceptance. So what do we do with this time? What do we do with this time where we are feeling so alone on our journey? We want to really learn to flow with life and we have to do the inner work. And I kind of laugh when I see the work now because it's becoming a cliche. Do the work, do the work, do the work. And I, they laugh at it. Justin always, he's always like, what do you mean hold space? What do you mean do the work? All y'all know what I'm talking about with doing the work, but it's really what the aloneness calls for. And maybe your work, like right now my work is really just being alone with myself, like being alone at my apartment. And, you know, Justin's out of town for a little bit. So being alone in my apartment, not watching YouTube, not listening to a podcast, being in silence, being with myself. That is part of my work. So it doesn't need to be so dramatic and crazy and dark and all these things. Our work all looks different. I think part of this process of the loneliness on our path, I think there's really beautiful ways to use our time really wisely. Go for long walks. Go for long walks with yourself. Be the grandma or the grandpa or the whoever that you've always wanted to be and go on these really long, peaceful walks. Get to know yourself deeply. Be quiet. Listen to the voice. Feel everything super deeply and honestly. Feel it all really deeply, really honestly. This is a wound that we've had for so long that if we are to ascend, if we are to connect with source, we will be alone. And I think this is something that has been so deeply ingrained in us in that searching for connection to God or source will leave us feeling alone. But once we have that, there's nothing less lonely than feeling like you're supported by angels and guides and all these things. It's really important that you put your attention inwards to the things that matter the most. And that's your relationship to self, that's your relationship to source, that's your relationship to your body. And let this grace transform you. Let yourself be transformed. Lean into the transformation that you're currently going through because it is the most beautiful thing. I mean, think about it. You might've been here dozens of other times and this might be the one that you fully remember who you are and that you fully remember that you are God incarnate 
and you are this beautiful, special being. And so it's important to welcome feelings, thoughts, experiences, revelations, insights, inspiration, crying, eventing, feeling alone and miserable. Let all of those feelings in. Do not avoid them. Allow the truth of this existence, of this world, of this earth to unravel you and strip you to the bare bones until you become completely naked and alone. This world does not make fucking sense. Nothing about our existence makes fucking sense. It is all upside down. It is topsy-turvy. And to let that to be something that completely lets you be undone. I have had such hard days where I've been like, wow, is this really what's fucking going on? Is this really what's happening? And allowing that to truly shake me to my core. But before this happens, before we're allowing ourselves to truly feel and be and be transformed, we'll probably avoid it. We'll probably try everything else. We'll probably, you know, try and force ourselves to, you know, search for validation outside or or try and stay in these relationships that we need to be out of. We will try and do everything until there's really no more to do. And that's when we're, we're alone. And that's when we're really feeling into the process because it's so important that just as much as the pain is part of the process, there's really beauty in the breakdown. There's really beauty in the other side. And I, you know, cannot believe that I've been able to integrate how painful the process is and now really live in this place of non-attachment to it. Although I do get rocked. And to now know that with each of the friendships that I've sort of evolved beyond or, you know, we've, we've parted ways, it has created such beautiful space in my life that have allowed these deep, meaningful relationships with people that I trust and love and allow this like deep, meaningful relationship with myself to grow. Because in each of the relationships before, I was most likely abandoning myself to really, you know, be whatever they need me to be. And all of this process is truly inevitable. So as you grow in your spirituality, you'll naturally change from who you once were. And this can put a strain on your relationship with family, friends, and partners. But know that the most important part is you. Although society has told us for years and centuries and eons that the most important part is your relationship to the community or your relationship to the group. Truly, the most important part is your relationship to you and you are God. So I want you guys to percolate on that for a little bit. And my intention is hope and hope is for you to feel less alone and for you to really feel into this time and know that, you know, the in-between is part of the beautiful process. And I'm so thankful for your awakening. I'm so thankful for the entrainment that you're providing for the other souls and spirits around you. And I'm, I'm really thankful to um, be a guide for you on this journey. I love you. Oh yes, another good one. I love that one. I hope Such you guys I hope you guys loved it just as much as I loved doing it. And if it inspired you at all, if it helped you feel less alone, if you had felt like you had any breakthroughs during this, highly recommend sharing with a friend, um, especially this particular episode, because it's all about feeling less lonely on our spiritual path. So know that there are others that are here to support you. They are almost 30 nation. They are your real true friends. So definitely share this episode with a friend. For sure. If you aren't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Almost 30 Podcast right now. There's some pretty bomb giveaways happening. So we want you to be a part of it. You can enter to win. 
And then last but not least, we just want to thank our sponsors for this episode. We love sharing brands with you that we use and trust. And so for this episode, we want to thank BetterHelp, Aloha, FX Chocolate, and Podcast Pro. So to learn more about Podcast Pro, uh, which is basically what Krista and I created as a hub for all podcasters and all of their needs, uh, you can go to almost30.com. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in to Almost 30 Podcast. You can catch all of our episodes on YouTube. We're at Almost 30 Podcast on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram. I'm at It's Krista. And I'm at Lindsay Simsick. Thanks so much. We'll see you on the next one. See you soon. <laughs>